Amen. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For a child will be born, excuse me, a child will be born for us, and a son will be given to us. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. That single verse has been our focus in our December series each Sunday morning. And really, we have kind of honed in on the names or the descriptions that are given of, of Jesus there in that passage. Each one of those, I've reminded us each week, is actually a, a noun. And we read them often like a, an adjective, but, but they're each independent nouns if you look at the original language, which is why also most translations have each name capitalized there. But yet they work together like an adjective would also. Jesus is a wonderful counselor, but he is wonderful. He is counselor. He is mighty. He is God. He is eternal. And he is Father. Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet. And he shared that, that, that we would better understand exactly who Jesus is. Because listen, every name that he bears is a blessing he shares for us. For us. In the Old Testament, uh, God would speak to and through men that are referred to as prophets. Meaning just that, he spoke literally through them. They were his mouthpiece in that day. Different from preachers of today who are prophetic, we speak from God's word, but his word is complete in the Bible. But then he spoke through these men. And you would think, man, that, that's got to be like one of the greatest callings. I mean, God speaking through you? Like literally, audibly, and sometimes through vision, speaking to you and allowing you to speak for him through all generations. Man, what a gig, right? That seems incredible. But for most of the prophets, it was anything but that. And often the message that they had to deliver from God, Obadiah in 840 B.C., all he spoke about was the judgment on Edom. Joel, a few years later, spoke about the plagues that would come on Judah and the judgment of all the nations. Habakkuk in 700 B.C. spoke about the, the Babylonian invasion that would, that would come and how God's children would all be held captive from that. These are the messages that the prophets were called to speak. But then we get to Isaiah. And Isaiah, who's referred to as the evangelical prophet, here was his message. There's a Savior coming. God is sending a Savior into our world for all people. He was called to deliver the Christmas message. And so certainly, I mean, that would have to be well received by the people. Today, man, we get so excited to talk about Christmas, do we not? I got some kids in here this morning, all right, and, and some kids at heart as well. Uh, let me ask you a question. Who is excited for tomorrow? Okay, you can see, you, this is the time you can yell out loud in church, all right? Who's excited for Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah, me, me too, right? I'm, I'm all about it. I'm in there, right? Uh, we get so excited for Christmas, but that wasn't the way it was received 2,700 years ago. It was 2,700 years ago when Isaiah prophesied that Jesus was coming, the Messiah, the, the eternal Father. And do you know what they did? They killed him. They killed him just for telling everybody about Christmas. In fact, they, they, they sold him in half. It was a horrible death. You see, God sent Isaiah to speak to the king at that time. It was a man by the name of Ahaz. And he told him, tell Ahaz this, there's an army. Man, it's a bad army, too. It's the Assyrian army, and they're going to come against you. 
but you don't have to fear. Because listen, I'm with you, and I'm going to send a Savior. That was the message he had to fear. And he had to say, listen, you don't have to fear that army because I've got this, Ahaz. I'm going to take care of you. I'm sending a Savior, but here's the thing. He's just not born yet. Now, in Isaiah's mind, he's thinking, man, that's any, that could be at least nine months. He didn't know it was going to be 700 years, right? And so Ahaz refused to trust in God. And instead, he trusted in that big army called Assyria. See, what God was doing, he was offering an eternal fix. He knew that their biggest issue wasn't some invading army. God knew that there was a much bigger issue at heart, and it was the issue of sin and separation from him. All of his children, that they kept sinning against him, and because of that, that's when they would fall into captivity, and that's when they would be defeated by their enemies. And God sees this cycle going on and on, and he says, listen, I'm not just going to take care of an army this time. I'm going to fix everything for all of eternity. And see, I, I think Ahaz is a lot like us when it comes to God. God, fix this. Fix this circumstance, fix this issue, fix this, this thing that's going on in my life, fix this, this one single illness. We want God, I want you right now in this specific way. And I think a lot of times, just like God was telling Ahaz in that moment, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to take care of it. But I've got something so much better, a far greater blessing in mind, an eternal one. In some texts here, they use the term, instead of eternal father, they use the word everlasting father everlasting and that's often used interchangeable but i think sometimes when we look at that we think of everlasting just that's just a long period of time right that's kind of the way we, we we've been trained in our modern vernacular today right in fact i was looking at some different ads of things that promise to be everlasting right and the first one here that you see it's it's an everlasting cookbook or it's a cookbook for everlasting meals there you go the everlasting meal right now, I know at Christmas time, I don't know about you guys, I've been eating since Thanksgiving, right? And I don't remember stopping yet. But I've yet to eat one meal that said, that's going to last me forever, right? Uh, as big as they are, I wake up hungry the next morning. Another ad uh, that, that I found forever, the everlasting candle, right? Light this thing, it'll just go. Now, it may last a long time, but that's a bold statement to be everlasting. Or how about this one? The old ladies, the everlasting hair color, right? Um, <laughs> Now, here's a couple things we know about that, all right? Even if it did last forever, your decision won't, right? And, and that thing's going you know, it's to, it's not going to be everlasting for you, right? We, we understand that. Um, finally, then, I, I saw this one. This is referred to in California as the eternal light bulb. You ever seen that before? And it's called that for one reason. It was literally installed in 1901 and is still working to this day. 123 years, that's a long time for a light bulb. But eternal? I think when we use that, we, we don't fully understand what, what that means. Eternal, it, it goes beyond time. In fact, eternal precedes time. And Isaiah reminds us, God is speaking to us through Isaiah, Jesus is eternal. Before time began, he was I mentioned last week about the synoptic gospels. There are four gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Three are synoptic, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is not. And one of the greatest reasons John is not is because of the chronology of the advent or the birth of Christ. Uh, he takes a completely different direction with that. In fact, he doesn't begin at all with, with Elizabeth. No mention of Mary or, or even Joseph. 
There's no mention of shepherds. There's no mention of magi, not even a star. Here's how he begins in John chapter 1, the first two verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He, talking about Jesus, who was the Word, the embodiment of the, of the Word and the promise of God, was there in the beginning. In the very beginning of time, before this earth even ceased to be, Jesus was. Three times in the book of Revelation, John said this about Jesus. He said he was the one who was and is and is to come. The one who was. He, he existed in the past. The one who is. He is in the present. He is here right now and is to come. He will exist in the future. In fact, that little baby that we picture in the manger, folks, he's coming back again. But it won't be as a six-pound, eight-ounce baby the next time, right? He's coming back to clean house. He's eternal. I read a uh, story uh, this week just in all my study, and there was a man who was uh, nearing, uh, it was near the end of the year, and he had met his health insurance deductible, right? You know what that means. So he calls his doctor. He says, doctor, I want you to order every test you got. I mean every lab, every scan, everything you got. I want it all, right? But I've got my deductible met. Well, the doctor eventually agreed and said, now you realize it's going to take some time to schedule all this, do all this. The man said, that's fine as long as we get it in before the end of the year. He says, all right, I'll do it. He pulls all the strings, gets it done. He said, but now listen, I'm not going to call you every time I get a result. I'm just going to wait till they're all in, and then I'll tell you what it says collectively. Man says, that's fine. Gets all of his tests done and enjoys Thanksgiving, enjoys Christmas Eve, even enjoys Christmas Day. And the next morning, first thing, bright and early, the morning after Christmas, his phone rings. He looks at his phone, and it's his doctor's office. It's his doctor on the phone, and, and the doctor says, listen, man, I have some bad news for you, and I have some worse news for you. Man, so my goodness, he's kind of surprised. He said, well, well, what's the bad news? The doctor said, well, the bad news is this. You only have 24 hours to live. The man says, oh, my goodness, that's, that's terrible. I can't believe you'd tell me that. What? And he starts processing. He said, wait a minute. If that's the bad news, what's the worst news? And the doctor says, well, I should have called you yesterday, but it was Christmas, right? Um, that's worse news, right? Um, well, listen, Jesus came as a gift for us. That if we'll receive God's gift of Jesus as Savior, we would live with him for eternity. For eternity. Friends, that's why he came. That's why the shepherds, that's why the magi, that's why the great star, that's, that's why Bethlehem, that's, that's why the manger, that's why all these things. He came for us so we could live with him for eternity. Psalm 90, first two verses says this, Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world from eternity to eternity, you are God. Friends, only Jesus' physical, earthly life began in that manger. He's eternal from the very beginning. And if he were not eternal, then he couldn't promise you today an eternal home either. I thought about, uh, for my title of, of today's message in particular, just calling it this, The Infinite Infant. Hey, that's catchy, isn't it? That's pretty good. I thought that. You know, it's rare I get one of those. Like, there we go. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. 
Isaiah doesn't talk about him being a baby at all, does he? In fact, our text from Isaiah says this, he is not an infant, but what? An eternal father. But you may recall last week we said that Jesus is God. Uh, John chapter 10 and verse 30, Jesus said that. I and the Father are what? Are one. Later in chapter 14, he said this, the one who has seen me has also seen the Father. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. We said, well, if Jesus refers to God as Father and refers to God as being our Father, well, then how is Jesus also our Father? Isn't it his father who's our father? How does that work? And, and I'll remind us of this. Listen, I have an earthly father. And I am also a father. And Lord willing, one day my children, my son, he will be a father also. Right? So, so we, we, we can see that practically. But know this also, Isaiah, his prophecy, what God was speaking, remember it predated the res- revelation of the Trinitarian Godhead that we know today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was speaking before that revelation, before Christmas ever came, before Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit came. And what we see in Scripture from the very beginning in Genesis, the first two verses, that in the very beginning, God was there for creation. And John reminds us, Jesus, the Word was with God and was God, and all things that were made were made through Him, that Jesus was there. But it also tells us that the Spirit of God was there also. In the very beginning, before all things Jesus was there. And listen, friends, he not only wants to be your Savior on this earth, he does. And if you'll receive that gift, he will be. But he also wants a relationship with you. He wants to be your perfect, perfect father. He wants to love you like a daddy, to give you that fatherly love that that we all yearn for. Friends, Jesus is your eternal father, and he will never disappoint you. He never will. He'll never let you down for all of eternity. You may recall in our, in our forever series, those uh, from our north side folks, we talked a lot about heaven and eternity. And we, and we kind of landed here. We said, you know, no one's going to leave this world and make it to heaven and say, eh, it's all right. It's only better. In our relationship with Jesus, the longer we know him, the, the more we receive it. And one day we'll be with him for eternity, and it only gets better. Friends, be reminded of this in my closing. We, I say this, I believe, every year. But we often say Jesus is the reason for the season. But remember, God says that, that we are. For us, He is wonderful. For us, He is counselor. For us, He is mighty. For us, He is God. For us, He is eternal. And for us, He is Father. Friends, just like, likely for everyone here in this room, tomorrow at some point, on Christmas Day, at some point, someone's going to hand you a gift, right? At some point, you're going to have that opportunity to, to, to get a gift. But you have to do your part, don't you? You've got to take it. You've got to receive that gift. Well, Isaiah reminds us that Jesus is God's one and only Son. And he is his gift to us today, an eternal gift. And I ask you in my closing words, would you accept that gift? Just as much as someone's going to hand you a wrap present with a bow on it tomorrow, listen, God is extending his hand, and he is giving to you his eternal son. 
Would you receive that? Let's close our eyes right now. All of us in the room. And in the the craziness that can be Christmas, and it certainly can, just take a moment in prayer. Everyone, each, each and every one of us. And acknowledge God's gift for us. Thank you, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, for leaving heaven to be humbly born in Bethlehem for us. Amen.